Yeah. Uh. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Militant mind, the general nine grip, the crippled blades and a pen that can sharpen your spine tip. Level headed, though my mind flips from side to side. With an acrobat's experience after I stick it, I'm living down a demon possessed. I he yeah, seems Jay's the best for the job with no What's the word, y'all? It's KTR Unscore Podcast, No Rose Podcast, hashtag KTR. We are KTR. We are in the building. We are back for episode 48 of Know the Rose Podcast. I hate this angle of me right now with this camera. All right, cool. We back in action. Thank y'all once again for tuning in to No Rose Podcast. Yes, I switched my camera in mid-entrance, but this is KTR with your boys, Senko, Big Hard, J-Bo himself, for episode 48 of Know the Rose Podcast. This is episode 48. 1748, the first 48 episode of the show. My brothers, how are y'all doing today? Doing good, big dog. How about y'all? I'm awake, man. You know, it's bright and early. Um, you moved that camera like a centimeter and act like it made a difference. It did, it did, it did. All right, it did. yep. Yeah, thank you. Wrestling, yeah. Before you know, hard it comes up with more and some more comments. We're just gonna get in the episode, but before we dive in this episode, real quick, y'all gotta do this one simple favor for us, and that is to follow all social media platforms: KTL underscore podcast, Twitter, Instagram, No Rose Podcast, Facebook, YouTube, No Rose Podcast on all podcast platforms: Google Podcast, Spotify, Anchor, L Podcast, Podbean, World, everything. And don't forget to get your merch at prowrestlingtees.com slash KTR Podcast. That stuff's flow like water. But let's get in, let's go, and let's dive to the episode right now. And we're going to do, we're going to dive into AEW. We, no, we ain't been doing it for a little minute. And also, we're going to get back into it real quick. But Tony Khan has dropped a bomb on us. He, he gave us a, a, a big announcement this recent week. He had said he had something coming up in the future that, you know, he wanted to have some breaking news, some big news, some special news for the wrestling community. And that is... A joint episode, a joint show, a big pay-per-view event with New Japan Pro Wrestling called The Forbidden Door. <laughs> Why you shake your head hard? <laughs> I had to build, yeah. a, had to build a, the system. You said what? They need to hire somebody else to do these goddamn names. <laughs> we thought the name was too, too obvious. That is horrible. <laughs> or, or two head ass. The forbidden. <laughs> it was that for an event that they always talk about. You know, we like don't forget. We're just gonna call it the forbidden door since everybody's where everybody talks about. You know, knocking down the forbidden door, knocking on the forbidden door. So the next, so the next one gonna be called the fourth wall and gonna knock down the fourth wall. Nah, then the big event is gonna be called the glass ceiling. <laughs> glass ceiling, the brass the ring. Brass, the brass ring. These, these names are horrible. Holy cow, that's 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 terrible. That's a terrible name. Like, <laughs> the name is terrible. Okay, that's number one. Um, the event I think is gonna be crazy. I think it's a good idea. I like the event. I like the idea. I also think Tony Khan needs to stop making announcements on TV. They got to figure out another way um, to do that. He doesn't need TV time. He needs zero TV time. He needs no TV time at all. They don't need to do 
the WWE thing with the authority figures and having them popping up all the time. This needs to be more. They 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 are there to me. It's indicative of where they are as a company, as a wrestling company, and what they're trying to do. Um, they're still trying to figure themselves out. You know, they're still new, and you know that's that's a fact. It's like five years. You know, they they they're they're still new, but certain things I'm seeing are very um, relative to WWE and WCW still. Like it's, it's a lot of small things that need to be fixed that are. Um, holding them back in my opinion like the event's gonna be crazy the announcement okay but you know tna dixie carter memes all over the place every time this dude does an announcement <laughs> it's <laughs> really bad like you know you, you stay off tv get somebody else to do that part um change the name of the pay-per-view and we are gold we're solid I, I'm I'm equally excited uh, about the episode, mainly because we we saw teasing of this, even dating back to uh, when Kenta made a brief appearance for AEW when when Moxley won the New Japan Pro Wrestling U.S. title. So we, we saw signs of this, even though there was conflicting reports of maybe they'll do partnership, maybe not. But now that they are finally doing partnerships with each other, especially after AEW recently acquired Ring of Honor, they're bringing in all the real hard-hitting, strong-style type wrestling organizations. Um, now, granted, they didn't buy out New Japan, obviously. They're just partnering with them. But uh, I, I think it's a great move when I am when I see stuff like this, especially since this is the alternative to the WWE. I think back to when WWE, how they started, when they bought up all of the territories that became what the WWE is today. But AEW is sort of just, they're, they got Ring of Honor now. They're partnering with these other wrestling organizations, but they're still letting them be other wrestling organizations. They're just coming together, which is good. It's good for the sport of wrestling. It still opens up eyes because, believe it or not, there's still even hardcore wrestling fans who don't even watch shows like Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Combat Zone Wrestling. Um, I mean, the name goes on and on, not even regularly. So AEW is doing a good thing. Um, I do think that the name Forbidden Door uh, – I think the only real reason that is as annoying as it is is because Tony Khan keeps saying forbidden door, forbidden door, forbidden door, forbidden door, talking about these other wrestlers coming into the organization who's coming through that forbidden door with impact wrestling as well. It this is overused and now they just took it, became lazy, and just made a name out of it. Yeah, I I can see how that's bad. Um, I do agree with Harv that um they don't need Tony Khan coming out making these type of announcements, especially for something as big at New Japan Pro Wrestling. I will give them credit though, because normally when they do say, hey, you know, there's a big announcement coming, they actually do deliver on big announcements. So I have to give them that credit. Uh, and the whole partnership with New Japan Pro Wrestling previously when they bought Ring of Honor, when they bring in individual wrestlers, those are all significant uh, uh, announcements. And I have to give them that credit. But after New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, unless you're buying it, <laughs> there's no other real big announcement that you can use to top that at this point. So, yeah, I agree with Hard. They do need to find other ways to make announcements, make it fun. You can do interviews, fine, but use your social media. Have other wrestlers do it. Heck, make it a surprise. Don't even say nothing. Just let it happen. You know, there's there's other ways to do it. But, hey, I digress. New Japan Pro Wrestling, AEW Wrestling partnering up for the Forbidden Door show. It'll be a great show. We'll see great matches. Um, I believe the card is going to be dope because they're normally good with good, dope pay-per-view cards. So, at the end of the day, it benefits wrestling. So, it's good. You know, Javo helped me uh, this transition real simple, make the show easier. Because I was going to say, 
if you don't want Tony Khan, say how else would you want to uh, display the forbidden door pay per view to get uh, put out in the media? And he already just gave his two cents and everything, you know. So good job, Jay. Appreciate it. Thank you. No problem, single anytime. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of AEW, we're gonna uh, dive into uh, real quick to uh, the Miss Thirty. You know, Jay Cargill, her fine self. Lord be offense. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> it is Sunday. Let me, let me, yeah. Let me. All right. Anyway, <laughs> I ain't trying to sing tomorrow. Easter was just last week. <laughs> but Jay Cargill is now 30 and 0 with the TBS championship. It's a good feat for us. You no, know? that's a, a good milestone, a good accomplishment. But it's just now the question is just like, what is next? How long will this undefeated streak go on for? Who will her next challenger be? And who could be the next person to actually be thrown from her title? Let me tell you something. If if we go back um, yep. to a certain day mm-hmm. when she made her debut, yep. um, I post out on Twitter, and I specifically said that Jay Cargill is the it factor. She has everything that she you, you did you did say that and we kind, of, we kind of got a little backlash from it too. We got back <laughs> for that. We got some hate. But take a look at her now. She's going into the ring. She's dominating as a superstar that I I'm sorry, as a wrestler that she told us she was going to be. I saw that she was going to be. And I'll be honest with you, she's just as entertaining as any other champion on uh, uh, the roster. Now, we're going to get some hate. Oh, you stretching out. You stretching out. Uh, uh, what about uh, Thunder Rosa? Or don't forget about Brett Breaker. Forget all of them. Nobody else has had the exact presence that they had coming in from no wrestling background at all. But coming in with the look, with the size, the manager does help out. But she looks good with the title, and she is constantly the talk every week in some capacity. She's going to continue to do well. As far as what she's going to do after 30 and 0, I don't know. Um, Continue to be great. Um, Continue to be that bitch. Um, continue off to be the TNT champion that she, uh, I'm sorry, TBS champion that she is and she will be. Um, I really don't care because I enjoy watching her every week. She could lose the bed and dominate. I don't know uh, uh, who else on the roster that, that I don't care about. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter because she can go in and just dominate anybody else and just going to be fun to watch. So I don't care what she does else after this. Just continue to be great as she is. I agree. I- like the uh, complaints are really funny because um, <clears throat> she's a built wrestler. She's one of those that we don't see as often and that we talk about what companies need more, where they um, come in and basic as hell and you see their rise, you see how they grow. And um, <clears throat> she's doing that. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's exactly what you should want in a wrestler that you get behind. It is ironic that people are saying things like that. You know, they don't want to give her that, that credit, even though she out there grinding. You know what I mean? Um, I agree. I agree. She, she's cold. Um, I'm just, as far as what, what happens next, what she's doing now to me, and as you know, uh, basically what I was just saying, she's, um, she, she's building that prestige for herself. She's building herself as a wrestler. She's building prestige for that title. You don't mm-hmm. see that. You know what I mean? Like somebody holding it for that long, and making it a big deal, they make the title a big deal. So then, whoever does eventually take that title off becomes a big deal. You have to, you have big shoes to step in. That's how you're supposed to build the legacy of a title. Um, as far as what happens next, like you said, I mean, she's just gonna continue 
being being dominant. Might might be a contender for the title still. Um, you know, if, if they end up losing it, um, <clears throat> there's just plenty of different avenues they can go down. You know, that that's that's the part of building the legacy and building the prestige and building themselves as a character and as and uh, as a wrestler. Is is that more opportunities come up with that? I can't quite say exactly what would happen. Because AEW is a toss-up, in my opinion, when it comes to these stories and such. But, um, yeah, I agree 100%. I, I want to piggyback off hard. You know, you really brought prestige to a bell when you become synonymous with the championship title. Yeah. Now, yeah. when you look at Jade Cargill, you instantly think of the TBS championship because she looks so good with it. She is synonymous with the bell. That that's just who she is. So now when back to Hard was saying, if you take that belt off of her, now that belt has way more significance. Now it has more of a talk. Like, oh my goodness, you took the belt, you took the TBS championship off of Jay Cargill. That's that's huge. Think back, even if you agree with John Cena or not, even if you think to the very beginning when he came out with that spinner title, he was synonymous with that belt. So when that belt was finally taken off him, it was a surprise. If you look back when he turned the U.S. title into a spinner belt, he was synonymous with that belt. So when you took the belt off him, it meant something. That's exactly what Jay Cargill is doing right now, and she will continue to do that. It, it, it's it, it's how it's how wrestling should be, especially for a wrestler who did not have any wrestling background. It's like she's natural with it. it it's that she, she's exactly what a wrestler is supposed to be, especially in the women's division. Exactly what she's supposed to be. Man, dropping gems today, man. <laughs> I wish I could go back and find that post and when he he when he made that first post about commenting on Jay Cargill on how she would be this the this big or the biggest wrestler in AEW in the future. Oh, it's, it's, it's just all it's all about patience and time and like people want stuff now. Like okay, clearly you saw the vision of her in her stardom. And you just got to take time. And with her, it like she what what two years later she she's there she's it. Mm-hmm. Because I I remember that day away they like was, I'm like my why my phone keep buzzing I'm like this man is going back and forth with plenty of people <laughs> on Twitter like it was great exactly I'm like y'all like y'all just don't see it yet that's the only thing about it like he saw it I was like I Jay was it. the first person to see that <laughs> shout out to Seth Rollins I saw the vision okay. So yes, and also with that as well, she's also building up a, a faction too. Looks like with her baddie section, and also now she got Kara Hogan, Red Velvet by her side too as well. It's just it, it just gets better and better. You, you can't beat that, you know. Beat it. You cannot beat it. Beautiful black women. All day. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, next says okay. We we uh I guess we're done with AEW. We're gonna dive into WWE real quick because a little stuff is going on in there. Uh, I had a t- I had a couple topics of WWE that I sent y'all before, but I want to touch on this real quick. Mm-hmm. I'm not fond of Ronda Rousey. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna lie to you. No, this this not do. This not this, never discussed before. It's not a big revelation. It's this not. But I just wanted to bring it back to light again. You know, it's this 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 comeback. It, it's not it. It's stale. It is it, it's. Is is horrible. Like I'm not. I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it for real. Like it's it's, it's just not it. it it's, it's it's bad because it's coming from me. And I'm the person. I'm like, okay, let's try to keep positive. Like I can't. I can't no more. <laughs> I have to speak on it. You never kept positive about Ronda. To be fair, you're right. But, I have it, but still, <laughs> it's, but it's this just, time I 
absolutely agree with you. Uh, we will say first time around, I gave her more of a chance because it was the first time around. And, um, you know, she really didn't know what she was doing and she wasn't that bad to me. Her moves were more fluid and um, she knew how to work a crowd. She was monotonous and didn't really know how to talk, but she knew how to hit the certain notes to get the crowd behind her. Um, and I think it has a lot more to do with her outside the ring antics, too. But she doesn't respect the business. You can tell with how she does now. It's been two years since she left. She hasn't really improved at all. You know, um, this is like you, you, you don't have the passion for it. You just it's, it's, it's in your whole attitude. You know, you, you're there because you feel like you're doing everybody a favor to be there and you're not putting on this subpar crap. Um, in, in the ring, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I'm just not, I've, I've, it's a complete 180. I'm not, I'm not a fan either. I'm not, I'm not happy with her return. I don't feel like she's trying at all. And that's annoying. <laughs> yeah, really that, annoying. That's my thing. Like, I don't feel like she's trying at all. At least, you know, when you see like, you know, wrestlers come in, you know, they have to, you know, do their little gimmick or personality and they actually like put effort into it and just be over top. It's just, she's like, no, like that, that, Gotta have some type of career. You can't just rely off your name because you Ronda Rousey. Because eventually, again, you're gonna get booed and you're gonna have another attitude about it all over again. So that's why I said the reason for the cheers now is because she's been gone for a while. She came back, so that makes sense. But eventually, how fans are in the, the universe, that will fade out if they get tired of it. Mm-hmm. If if you break down if you break down how Ronda Rousey came in because I I was I was with Harv I was also a fan of her in the beginning because it was exciting you know just somebody like Ronda Rousey going back in into a wrestling ring and performing but if you if you look at how she was I guess you can say cultivated into the starter she is now she came over with that hype but yeah not just her outside antics but she goes into the ring and she's known for pretty much a, a good few set of moves but she dominates everybody like she dominated the entire raw roster for pretty much the entire year then she went on to wrestlemania lost it left fine cool whatever but then she came back and just pretty much made a very entertaining women's royal rumble look like a joke with her coming in, doing a few moves and winning. Then she didn't even follow up with the same storyline that was already controversial when her shoulders wasn't really fully on the mat when she got pinned by Becky Lynch. So that was another. Then she came in, feud with Charlotte, which a lot of people already have their opinions on Ric Flair's daughter. And then, (laughs) now it's just a continuation of the, it's multiple things putting together to just make Ronda Rousey just ultimately unlikable. And the chair that you hear is just, I don't know, just, just a name. Just name that, that that's really the chair that come from name. I think most wrestling fans are like, oh my goodness, Ronda Rousey won probably the most over pushed in ring athletes with Charlotte, probably the over acclimated wrestler that we have now put together with all these other women rosters on. It, it's 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 overbearing and it's it's not going to last. And what I mean by not going to last, it's already not lasting. They're just going to milk it dry, and it's going to be painful by the end. Uh, so I, there's no way they can fix it. <laughs> there's no way they can fix it at all, especially when she already says F wrestling, because at the end of the day, I can beat all y'all asses if I really wanted to. It, it, it's that mentality that just doesn't, it's not going to work ever anymore. Never. Right. The thing about when she started getting booed and they have to convert her to a heel, it's not going to be the same type of heels. Like, it's just like a lack of heels, like boo, like get off, get off the like, ring, get, get, off, get off TV. Like it's, it's going to be that, like we're, we're annoyed now. 
It's a difference between being a likable heel and just being like, okay, you just really just need to step off and just step to the side because this ain't working. But they're going to, like I said, go milk it and use it because of her name. And it just depends mm-hmm. on how long her name is just useful and be, can be utilized within the company. After Charlotte, they're not really going to make no legitimate money off of her. Like, who else? I mean, I know that's a lot. I take that back. If they pair up with Becky Lynch and actually finish that storyline, they can probably milk some more money out of that. But after that, no one really is going to care. It's really not. It's not going to go nowhere. Yeah. Cool. Well, like I said, speaking of names real quick, we're going to dive into another name that's in the WWE, and that is Mr. Austin Theory. Well, I'm sorry. I'll take that back. Theory is his name. Because Vince McMahon doesn't want people to use his wrestlers. Uh, I just messed up the whole thing. Vince McMahon does not want his wrestlers to use their actual names anymore, which explains Walter, which explains Austin Theory, which re- explains Raquel Gonzalez, which uh, explains uh, Raul. Um, got his name, but his name got changed, though. But, yeah. <laughs> El Toro. Oh, El Toro, yes. El Toro. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It just, never mind. But Cody Rose is the exception for him because he is Cody Luther King. But anyway, getting back on uh, theory real quick. He is now our new United States champion. And I'm not going to lie. Theory was one of those people, one of those wrestlers at first where I just couldn't get into yet. You know, just he was one of, he was one of those wrestlers that it's going to take some time for you to actually get a feel for him and actually – start to somewhat like him, you know, pretty much. And I feel like it's like right now he, he not saying he reminds me of the Miz, but the way his building up is just, it feels like it's similar to that right now with mm-hmm. his character. And like I said, I'm, I'm not mad at him being the United States champion. Like, you know, and especially they talking about how, you no know, wrestlers get buried when they lose a title. They're saying like Finn Balor's getting, got buried because he lost there. I don't think that was the case. I Feel like that was actually the necessary buildup that he needed to you know advance to the next level because that's that's really helps out you know it's not really just taking the title grabbing the title it also comes from the person you take it from and the fact that he took it from a former United States champion a former Intercontinental champion and a former Universal champion it puts it puts a lot of status on his name now that he actually won that title from a person of that magnitude. So that's just my two cents of theory. What y'all think? How are you going? That man is that man is Brad Maddox. All right. He's Brad Maddox. Let's get that out the way. Number one. Um, I don't like him. He's not growing on me at all. But I agree with everything you said, Cinco. Um, he should have beat uh, Finn Balor for the title. He's 24. Finn Balor is 40. You've got to start building these young cats. If you got to sacrifice Finn Balor, who they've been start and stop with his entire career there anyway, then that's what you got to do. Um, that's why I, I, I disagree with, with your last point. It should. The fact that he's a former title holder in all these different degrees, um, it should hold more weight than it does because of all the start and stop pushes his u.s title reign was insignificant his ic title reign was insignificant his universal title reign was insignificant none of that mattered nobody even remembers it unless the announcers say it on tv um it should matter but it it really doesn't um and the way that they do the mid-card titles they haven't cared about the mid-card titles in god knows how long so it's not 
as emphatic as it should be. But they can use him, uh, like we were just talking about with Jay Cargill, um, to build that title up and make it synonymous with him before moving him on to the next level. It's obvious that they're going to push him to the moon. And he has talent. He can wrestle. He can wrestle. I don't like him. That's just me. I mean, he's not he's not my flavor, but um, he can wrestle. He cold. He, he can execute. So I see why they're behind him. Um, but we, we just have to see how they do it. If they keep the 50-50 book in and just keep them losing, winning, losing, winning, like he lost at WrestleMania for Vince McMahon to win. That, that, that's more impactful to me than him winning his U.S. title. You know, that's, that's what's going to be in my head more than that. So um, it's, it's a good step. I feel like they're doing all the right things that they should do in that regard. But I'm, I'm still – jury's out. Uh, okay, because uh, I, I I get it. Because I was going to say I'm indifferent with his situation because his entire WWE career has been so wonky to me. Like he started off in NXT and sometimes he wins, sometimes he loses. It was nothing permanent. Then he was a disciple of Seth Rollins and he lost a lot. So that didn't really mean much. Then he went back to NXT and granted the way was probably one of the more entertaining factions NXT had for a while. He still wasn't winning that much. Then he came over to Raw. Again, win, loss. He had a new gimmick that stood out, but that's about it. Then he lost to a uh, to a commentator who only had three full matches in the WWE at WrestleMania. But then the following, what, the following after he pins and beat Finn Baller, a guy with multiple accolades, a guy who came back from NXT looking better than ever, clean. He beat him clean, and it, it, it the build just didn't make sense. I'm actually not mad that uh, Austin Theory is the United States champion. He, as as you both were mentioning, is is needed, especially since a lot of our current wrestlers who are top doctor, like 40 plus, we need more younger guys in the ring with championship, with the name, with the story, with the gore, the uh, uh, storyline with them. We need that. It's just I don't I don't agree with the build. I, I'm getting to a point where it's like. I'm used to just storylines not making sense. I just have to just freaking run with it at this point. And that's exactly what we're doing with Austin Theory. His build just makes no sense. His clean victory. I could understand like a roll-up had help from Vince McMahon, something. That would have made sense. But, of course, storylines nowadays just doesn't make sense. So we have to roll with it. And that's where I'm at. So that's why I'm indifferent. Um, I'm happy with the U.S. title reign, with the win. Um, I see it obviously going places. It just, I, I just don't agree with how we got there. Was it necessarily a clean, clean win? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he you, didn't do nothing. And like, it was. A but Finn Balor got, he, you know, he, he, you know, lay on that turnbuckle and then like that, you know, it led up to that, you know. I, it, 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 it wasn't anything he did directly to to do so it, it, it would be it would, to be like a dirty win yeah, yeah. it wasn't a dirty win it was just an unfortunate situation <laughs> that's, that's all it was. Okay. look at the situation yeah it was more of an opportunity than it was dirty which yeah. any wrestler heel or face if they saw it, it it wasn't really dirty it was just an opportunity that that he took so i I see dirty as you use the weapon, you hit a low blow, you had the ref director, you had to pull a uh, roll up with the tights pull. Those are dirty moves. That what happened wasn't really dirty. It was yeah, like you said, an opportunity. So I call it clean. I call it a clean victory. Oh, so, okay. So opportunist wins a clean win, guy. Cool. 
Makes sense. I'll give you that. Yeah, I just had to decipher the, the, the between the two. That was all. Yeah, like, no, they're not like, I guess, for like, I see like he has been you no know, lopsided, you no know, storylines and everything. But I feel like that's just how it would be for like, you know, any mid Carter pretty much. You know, there's nothing ever going to be like a serious, consistent mid card storyline because mid card wrestlers. You said what? Oh, that's the problem. <laughs> None. Of, it's not even just mid card. It's his main event. Those stories don't even make sense. We was talking about um when, when Bobby Lashley first won the title when they had him go for like a night. <laughs> just have popped in. That was that was it. Didn't make sense. Like they it, it made sense. Move it along. Bobby it, Bobby Lashley had to win the title he on the last day of Black History Month, so that that's I made said, sense. About him winning the title. I said they turned him face for that night. To win the title, oh, against the Miz, yeah. Day it didn't let it, the story didn't make sense. Him getting the title made sense, just like what I just said about um um who we talking about theory. Him yeah. getting the title makes sense. The yeah. story don't have to make sense anymore. That is a problem. Yeah, working for now because that's the product. People, it's, it's WWE. People gonna watch, but that's yeah. that's a problem. The storylines don't make sense. <laughs> And I think storylines started outrageously not making sense ever since Rey Mysterio won the tournament to become WWE champion and literally that same night had to randomly go against John Cena. Cena won and that was it. I think since that storyline just outrageously just did not make sense and they didn't have to. Yep. When you're the greatest of all time, you can do that stuff, you know. But with that, speaking of the greatest of all time, the end off the show, the GOAT, the Viper, the Apex Predator, the Legend Killer, Mr. RKO himself, the current half of the Raw Tag Team titles, Randy Orton, is celebrating his 20 years in the business. And I must say, that is, and I'm going to give a round of applause for that silent clap because my microphone's right here, so I ain't trying to be loud. But that respect to the GOAT right there himself. Got his merchandise by his wife, Slither. Go get, get, get yourself some merch. But with that being said, Randy Orton has been the business for 20 years. We have seen him grow. We have seen him conquer a lot of obstacles, you know, some uh, a lot earned, you know, a couple of given. But that, that happens in the business, especially early on in the career. But no, I say no, no shame in that. No, I respect the man fully. He is from St. Louis. He is actually from our area in the county with the Forest and Hazelwood area. So with that, I love the man. My favorite wrestler of all time. Can't complain. Like it. So, with that being said, 20 years in the business, what is your favorite Randy Orton moment? <laughs> My- <laughs> uh, now, I'll, I'll play along. I'll play along because it, it's 20 years in the business. I'll, I'll give him that. Respect okay. that man, Harv. My, my- <laughs> Here, Harv, I'll go first so that you can have time to try to Think of something that amused you. Uh, I I would say that my favorite moment was while Randy Orton was mid-Viper. And he was in the middle of a storyline with Triple H at the moment. He handcuffed Triple H to the ring. RKO Stephanie McMahon looked at Triple H dead in his eyes and kissed Stephanie McMahon <laughs> with the most slither-like, smoothest kiss just to add insult to injury. <laughs> That was probably my favorite moment of Randy Orton. 
Yeah, man. Kind of popular, not a Randy Orton hater. I'm a current Randy Orton hater. All right. <laughs> All right. Right now. Orton is everything that you want out of a wrestler. It's, that's what's crazy about WWE not being able to build people. They built Orton. They built Batista. They built Cena. They built Brock out of nothing. They built all of them. Brock's the only one that had amateur wrestling background. You know what I mean? They they are. They, I don't. I don't know what happened. Um, but yeah, Orton. Orton. That whole storyline uh, where he had it was some kind of compulsive disorder. He said he had. I'll never forget that promo. I thought it was hilarious. Where he had a lawyer come out and say he had that disorder. That's when he was punting the hell out of everybody. He punted the whole McMahon family. It was glorious. But um, that's that's exactly. It wasn't that exact moment. It was going to be when he punted Vince. When he put he punted the hell out of Vince. Um, when that he had that little disease that caused him to just be violent for no reason. That was the whole storyline. And um, it, it, that happened before he got to Stephanie and dropped her on her head and kissed her. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was my whole that was my favorite storyline out of Randy Orton. Period. Oh, for me, for me, I, I got two. I got two. Uh, my first, and I'll say, shoot, uh, when Randy Orton probably performed his biggest and best RKO. It was probably the biggest St. Louis RKO because he did to another St. Louis native with Evan Bourne. So, yeah, that St. Louis, St. Louis connection RKO when he did off the, was a sharpshooter? Shooting star break. Shooting star break. Yeah, something star with the S, yeah. Yeah, he did that. Yeah, he landed RKO. So, that was, that was one of my second favorite one would have to be when he – beat John Cena to become the unified world heavyweight champion, WWE champion that led a match. Yeah. That's, that, that's mine right there. So, yeah. But I really feel like this, uh, and I saw this question on, on Instagram too, saying which favorite Randy Orton version is yours. So, last question. What is your favorite version of Randy Orton? The Viper. The, the the Viper outshines current day RK Bro and Legend Killer. It, it just does. It, it was more sinister. It was more organic. It was scary for quite a few moments. And it showed the, the peak, the apex that Orton can and has reached. So Viper, yeah. no. It was the top of his character work and it was the top of his um his gimmick. I absolutely agree. It was it was everything compiled into one perfectly. Uh, he had to look down. He was menacing. You know what I'm saying? You just didn't think anybody that got in the ring with Orton was going to be safe. You know what I mean? So I agree. Man. Viper, hands down. I, I agree, too. That's my favorite one, too, Viper. <laughs> you actually got to also realize the transition. A lot of times when wrestlers transition gimmicks, it's more like from one extreme to another. But if you notice, the legend killer just kind of transformed from you know, I'm not just going after legends. I I, I want to go after everybody now, and, and I want to want to keep going. I want to make it more vicious. It had like a really good organic transition. It didn't even look like a a night or day switch. It just looked like it just grew into that character, which is another thing I I, I like to have seen from it. Yeah. Right. Like I said big shouts to Randy Orton. Happy 20 years in the business. Proud, big fan, especially me. I'm a big fan of yours, too. Hopefully, you get to see you one day, get a picture, get an autograph for something. I need that. Hit that pose. And on that, we are out. Thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for watching. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for supporting everything. This is episode 48, Another Rose Podcast. Hashtag KTR. We are KTR. Before we log out, y'all got to do this one simple favor for us, and that is to 
Follow us on all social media platforms, KTL underscore podcast, Twitter, Instagram, Another Rose Podcast, Facebook, YouTube, Another Rose Podcast, all podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Our Podcast, Podbean, we're on everything. And don't forget to get your merch at ProRestTees.com slash KTR Podcast and subscribe. <coughs> at, at, at the end, get a little flavor. But that is the first 48, episode 48, Another Rose Podcast, hashtag KTR. We are KTR and we are out. Big Harv, Big Harv, Big Harv. What should they do, Big Harv? Boy, Cinco was just flowing like bone thugs real quick, though, wasn't he? Didn't he, didn't he rattle that off real quick? He sure did. It's becoming natural for him now. Yeah, that wasn't bad. He was rattling off like bone thugs. Bone thugs had a hit called Pump Pump. Y'all pump them numbers, baby. All right. Yeah, numbers, letters, all symbols of man-made devices that could cripple us all. Improve BKK, panic and with storm hits and knocks out the power grid. Are you fully prepared to live off the grid? How you stick?